Yo, yo, everyone. Welcome to another episode of ICO 101, a Crypto 101 podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Paul. So one of the first things, a lot of people can have this great product, but they're trying to present it as the option for everybody. With me to talk about branding is Kobe Gatsby. Kobe is a highly successful e-commerce entrepreneur and branding consultant. He is the author of E-Commerce Secret Sauce, the legitimate step-by-step recipe to build your first profitable e-commerce brand and attract loyal customers that love you more than life. You can't get attention by going into a crowd of a thousand people and just yelling boy or man or girl. That's what it's like trying to market to everybody. In this week's episode, we are going to dive into a 101 on branding. What is branding? Why is branding important? What are companies, freelancers, and entrepreneurs doing wrong? And what are the best companies doing right? Don't try and make your product the best for everybody. Go a little bit more narrow and market it as the best for a specific group of people. You can find Kobe on all the socials and links to him and all the goodies will be in the show notes. Our mission here at ICO 101 is to give crypto and blockchain entrepreneurs the tools and tactics to break into and level up in the crypto and blockchain industry. If you're listening to this episode, it's because you want to level up either professionally, personally, or both. And just by listening to this episode, you are doing just that. You are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing and eventually you will get what you want. Sharing this episode would mean the world to me. Smash that subscribe button. Leave us some feedback so we can stay visible. Follow us on the socials at Sup Aaron Paul. That's at Sup Aaron Paul on Twitter and LinkedIn and on Twitter at ICO 101 podcast. So without further ado, please enjoy my episode with the great Kobe Gatsby. Kobe Gatsby, welcome to ICO 101, my friend. Thank you for having me, man. Dude, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're on the show. Your content and strategies have made a major impact on this show personally, but other things I'm working on as well. And so I'm excited to get the listeners a glimpse into branding the right way. Today, we want to talk about branding. What is it? Yeah. Why is it important? What are most companies doing wrong? And what are the best companies doing right? We're going to examine yeah. two case studies in the crypto space. What are they doing right? And what are they doing wrong, in your opinion? We're going to run through mm-hmm. some rapid fire questions. Then we're going to try to give yeah. the listeners some something they can do right now, something actionable. Sound good? No. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Let's get it. Awesome, bro. So let's start at the beginning. What is branding and why is it important? So what I always refer to branding is, is just really marketing the intangibles of what makes your product or service better than per se your competitor's product or service. And it's just really conveying feelings and emotions outside of referring to the exact features of a product. And the reason why that's important is is because it allows you to compete with other people without having to compete on such things as price or the actual 100% quality of your product. Mm -hmm. Of course, everybody needs and wants to sell and buy good quality products, but we all know the reality of it is, is that branding affects a lot more of what we buy of certain items than the actual features of that product does. Okay. Can you give an example? Something off the top of your head? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I literally have never bought my own Windows computer. The only time I used a Windows computer was when I was in school and when that was the only computer that my parents had. Mm -hmm. As soon as I went to buy my first laptop, I knew exactly what I wanted. I wanted a MacBook and I didn't want to settle for anything less. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually had a friend who was a super big gamer and he was telling me how much of a MacBook wasn't a good purchase this computer was better. 
I was going to have to replace my MacBook in the next five to seven years. And he was actually right because I bought that MacBook in 2010 and I did have to replace that very, very soon. Meanwhile, he just upgraded his, but I knew what I knew about MacBooks and I didn't care. I knew what I wanted. And even if it's not the superior device, I like it for multiple reasons. And I know I'm not, uh, I'm not invincible to branding. So I know that the same things that I teach and try to implement in my own businesses and my clients' businesses is the same things that affected my purchase of this MacBook. Sure. So you, you looked straight up at the brand. They spoke to you. Did they speak to your lifestyle? Did they speak to your emotions? What was it? I don't know. Like ever since I was uh, in elementary school, I think the iPhone came out when I was in the third grade. Uh. And I had a flip phone at the time because it wasn't that common to have an iPhone. But I had an older friend who always got brand new phones. And he gave me the first iPhone right around the time I got to middle school. And it was just a cool thing to have. That next Christmas, like my first year after being in middle school, it was like everybody got an iPhone for Christmas. It was no more bikes video games, game system. It was like, no, everybody this year wanted an iPhone. It was just that cool thing to have. And we had never seen any commercials like the iPhone commercials at the time that were conveyed to people my age or people older than me. It was just cool. It was a cool thing to have. How do you coach your clients? When somebody comes up to you and says, hey, we have this amazing company, we have this amazing product, but we're not making any money. And can you look at what we have? How do you coach your clients to brand differently? Yeah. So one of the first things I notice is that a lot of people can have this great product and it can truly be amazing, but they're trying to present it as the option for everybody. Because a lot of these products, they do have the features that everybody can get a use out of them. But you can't get attention by going into a crowd of a thousand people and just yelling boy or man or girl. That's what it's like trying to market to everybody. Mm -hmm. The way you can capture this attention and make people listen to you is by calling them by their name. You're going to yell for Tommy, Kobe, Aaron. That's how you get people's attention. So apply that same principle to your business. Don't try and make your product the best for everybody. Go a little bit more narrow and market it as the best for a specific group of people. And even though you might limit your market size, you're going to make a lot more noise in that market, which evens out trying to go after everybody and then not making any noise at all. Mm-hmm. And then after you do that, I see a lot of people still, after they have their specific market, they're still focused on only the features. Mm-hmm. They're not focused on the benefits of those features, the emotions, the feelings. And like you asked me about Apple, was it congruent with your lifestyle? I was only in the sixth grade when I knew I wanted an iPhone. I didn't really have much of a lifestyle other than going to school, but I knew I wanted to be cool. And so an iPhone was one of those things to be cool. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was so happy when I got one. So when you say boy, you mean target a specific, you said you're saying that's people and to call them by their name. Don't, don't target people, groups of people, target a person. Exactly. So when I build a brand, uh, I actually got this strategy from one of my friends, uh, Tej Dosha. Uh, Doja, I've never said his last name, so I hope I didn't completely just butcher that. But the way um, he broke it down to me was just so excellent because I had been targeting specific groups of people, but he took it to the next level. He created that group of people, and then he prints off a picture of somebody who he thinks 
matches that audience and he really creates them an avatar mm. and that's the same thing i try to do i try to market to one specific person that i know that there's millions of other people like this one person mm. but what i want to do is package up what i'm building as a gift to this one person because if they like it those millions of other people with their same characteristics are gonna like it too so by building to that one person you're just going so deep and specific on what they like it's really going to strike a chord in everybody else you market to and how do you sell them those emotions and identities so you sell them those emotions and identities by one avoiding competing on price alone of course if you can just get a crazy deal on something and offer it to the market at a lower rate that's fine but i hate to see people especially from my background in drop shipping they think that they can sell something for so much cheaper just because they're getting it from aliexpress or alibaba right. that they think that they're just going to get sales because it's cheap but in reality everybody that's competing on price is going to Amazon or eBay. So trying to fight with Amazon and eBay is a battle you're never going to win. On the other hand, you can build a brand which competes on emotions and feelings and marketing towards a very specific person. And that's how I like to say you can beat out Amazon or eBay. Mm. And as they continue to scale up, you will never, ever be able to compete with them on price or logistics. While on the other hand, if you are selling people on the feelings and the emotions and the brand behind your product, you can compete with Amazon or eBay. That's an interesting perspective. When I first heard that from you guys, I was like, wow, it really blew my mind because how can there be you know, hundreds of different blockchains and hundreds of different tokens and hundreds of different products all trying to do the same thing? Mm -hmm. They all market the same thing, the product, the service, the technology, what we're going to be able to do. And when I first heard you guys say that, it really blew my mind. Let's take what you said. Let's take the targeting a specific person, selling mm -hmm. emotions and identities, building a brand, and let's bring that to two case studies that I had you look at. One mm -hmm. was Ledger, and two yes. was a company called Turnio. Uh, let's start with Ledger. Okay. When, when you when and you said you're the owner of a Ledger. You you've used it. You have it. Yes. You hold some crypto. I have a Ledger. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so, I don't know too much about any of this, but I do have a Ledger, and it does have coins on it. That's awesome, man. So you're in the market. You wanted to store your crypto offline in a hardware wallet, you found Ledger. Now examining it from your lens, after I had you look at it, what immediately stuck out to you? So just first of all, being on their website, they did take some effort and thought into putting it together. I like the color scheme. They did a photo shoot. They have smiling people on their homepage. All very, very awesome things, right? Mm -hmm. But from an outsider's perspective, outside of just, okay, it's a cool website. I myself purchased a ledger because every single person I saw doing reviews or showing beginners how to get into crypto, they recommended ledger as not only being one of the easiest ways to get set up to store your crypto on a hardware wallet, they also emphasized completely that it was the most secure and they got rid of my worry because I lose everything. And mm. they all they all talked about, if you lose this, you can recover. Yep. And so I truthfully, I don't know if anybody else does that. I assume a few might, but the overwhelming response that people tell others to buy this because it is secure and it is simple to use is something that I think I would see on their website, but I really don't see that at all. 
Mm-hmm. I don't see anything about how it is so beginner friendly, yet also secure enough and you can recover your tokens if you lose it or if it gets stolen as much as I would like to see, considering that's exactly why I bought it in mm-hmm. the first And, and that's count- exactly why I bought it. If I mm-hmm. lose my crypto, because, you know, when I first got into the space, it's a little complicated right now. And, sure. and I'm overly paranoid. You know, the if I transfer over, I'm sitting there looking and waiting and looking and waiting and can't wait till it hits and finally it hits. But what if I lose it? What if my kid takes my hardware wallet and dumps it in the toilet? Yeah, no, for sure. And that was one of the things that when people turned me on to Ledger when I first got in the space, I was like, what's so great about it? And as you said, it was the ease of use, which I found to be true. But I wanted to not lose thousands of dollars in cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. And I felt like the same thing you said was, it's not there. Mm -hmm. What did you think of their Instagram? Did you look at their Instagram? Of course. What did you think about that? I looked on their Instagram. I don't like this as much at all. They took what it seems like uh, inspiration from their website and they're sharing a lot of uh, text focused images. But what I would really love to see with them more so is to just completely market that peace of mind security and ease of use Mm. that alone will get so many more people into the space and that's one thing i know that we'll touch on later but i just want to go ahead and say it is that i know just after speaking to you that the way to get crypto to become more mainstream isn't to get people who are already experienced with it to do more it's to get people who haven't done anything with it to get started So I know that they have a lot of cool facts in here about their new features and the new coins that they have, but that's more towards people like you, maybe Paul, or a lot of people who are on this podcast. Mm -hmm. What people like me and my friends who I know personally, they went with Coinbase just because it was marketed as the easy option. And that's what Ledger needs to do because Coinbase is not as secure as Ledger is. Sure. But- If Ledger just shows, hey, it might be a little bit more work to use a hardware wallet, it's this more many times secure, so it's worth it. So if they would just put more effort into conveying that lifestyle and ease of use, I think that would definitely help them have more than just 367 followers and long-term bigger picture. They could be an intro to people getting started in crypto, which we all know that benefits everybody in the next few years and beyond. So if they're listening right now, what's the one thing that you would tell them to do right now if if you were sitting across from them? One thing I would tell them to do Right right now. Right now. Completely stop what you're doing on Instagram as it's being done and focus on how you can use images, video, and content to convey security and ease of use. Nice. That's it. Nice. Next case study, Turnio. So, so <laughs> Turnio's, yeah. look, Turnio's my boys. I, I like the guys. I like Ian. I like Daniel. They're great dudes. And, yeah. Uh, I'll go easy on them. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go honest on them. But I wanted to have you look at the site. I wanted to say, yeah. I wanted to get your first impressions. And then once you give me your first impressions, I'll tell you what they do and what their mm-hmm. mission is if you don't already nail it. And then let's try to do the same thing we did with Ledger. Okay, for sure. So uh, after just going to their website the other day, I actually know exactly where their office is on this little street all the time. It's a uh, pretty popular place. So I would love to stop by and talk to these guys sometime. But awesome. when I see their website, highly scalable enterprise blockchain Uh, I'm sure it is in maybe what they might think is the most simple terms, but I really have no clue what they do other than I'm going to take a guess and say they 
it's almost like IT or enterprise software on the blockchain level instead of the other traditional methods. But I really don't know what they do. Because <laughs> just off of the front page, I don't know what they do. Right. So look, let me tell you what they do. And then yeah. let's give some actionable advice. So Turnio's mission statement is to accelerate the use of blockchain and cryptocurrency into everyday life. They have two products, Lexicon and the Block Card. Both fall under their company. The Lexicon is focused strictly on enterprise B2B. It's a, it's a scalable blockchain. It's for any business that doesn't use uh, blockchain today. It's a proven technology. It's awesome. The second product, Block Card, is a consumer-facing product. It's only consumer-based. It's crypto only. It's about providing real utility for digital assets. So the average consumer to use this. The oh, sales man. are very transactional in nature and for people who want to spend in crypto. Yeah. The both products are already built. They have websites, YouTubes, Telegrams, Instagram, etc. But they it seems like they don't know how to communicate this to someone who's never heard about it obviously since you just said yeah. that. And that's why exactly why I wanted you to look at them. So, how can they differentiate themselves? How can they uh, differentiate market and sell yeah. to different products, B2B and the consumer? Got what are some it. one or two actionable things you think they could do right now? So in terms of Lexicon, that B2B software, businesses are just larger groups of people who have no clue what is going on with crypto, just like the consumers, but their interest in using it is a little bit different. So the one thing I would do for them is say, hey, show the business owners how easy it is to use this, but not only how easy it is, but also the benefits that will come from being one of the front runners over the next couple of years and making that investment now where it might not seem like you need it is going to set the precedent for your future. So you might not be able to convey that through images and content, but you can definitely convey that exactly how I said it through words so that businesses who have a little bit of interest in crypto can start to feel that kick in the butt to say, mm, they're exactly right. We have been looking into it, but we didn't really think it was a high priority. But you know what? Maybe we can get a larger piece of the pie by being one of the first ones, which anybody who does anything now for the next couple of years or maybe months is going to be a front runner. So now is that time to set the foundation for the future. And they could definitely convey that better by just saying exactly that. Mm -hmm. Would you slap that right on the landing page? I would put that somewhere on the landing page because I do like how they say highly scalable enterprise blockchain because it does show that it isn't just for consumers, but how does that highly scalable enterprise blockchain help businesses, aka it helps them set the foundation and will continue and continue to grow for the rest of time with Lexicon. It won't be a need to upgrade once you reach a certain level, but it's also powerful and user-friendly enough for that you can start right now. You don't have to be a huge company. When a business is selling to another business, would you use the exact same principles to target a specific type of person, sell them emotions, identities, and lifestyles to build the brand and not the technology? Of course, the technology is important, but when it comes to marketing it, you definitely still get all humans' attention off of the same principles, regardless of if they're a company or an individual in their bedroom. They want what they conceive to be a benefit of value. And then after that, you can justify everything else with how much better your product is. But you want to get their attention first 
by just knowing what they want and then saying, hey, we can do that. That's as simple as it gets. What about the block card? Now, the block card, I actually did see this when I came on this website by myself. I just forgot. The block card, that's awesome. Uh, I don't know if you have seen the Fire Festival documentary with uh, Billy McFarlane, have you? Yo, dude. Uh, I'm going to watch it again. Beautiful. So you remember that business he came out with, Magnesis? Yes. So that was a few years ago, but what was he selling? He was selling cool. He was selling association. He was selling events and a fun lifestyle. The black card, that is the credit card or the cryptocurrency card of the future. It's what the cool kids are going to be using. It's what people are going to be using in a few years when everybody's already using crypto. They're already going to be set up and they've been using it for a while. Mm. But I think that's one thing that they could convey directly directly through content and actually having a product that works as a winning formula that this block card is not only simple to use, but it's cool. Mm -hmm. What medium would they be using to communicate the block card? Would you suggest Instagram? Instagram and YouTube to communicate the block card. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Now that you explained to me a little bit more of what they do, to see their potential, and as you told me, that they have a product that works, they just need that other side, and they're so close. It's just going to take a little bit more effort just to get over that hump, mm -hmm. but that's one of the things I've always been super interested in crypto, even though I might not participate. It's just from what it seems is, I remember being on Twitter, and it was like a new IPO was launching every single day, and it was focused on speeds and this and that, and transactions per second, like whatever it might be. But just like everything else, there's tons of different watch brands, but people buy from the watch brand that identifies with their reality or what they want their reality to be. And I think at the time right now, the consumer has no clue what any of the speeds mean. And it's also confusing because they come out with all these technologies that can have their own speeds. So the consumer really has no clue what's going on. But what the consumer can understand is what's cool and what's easy to use and what are all of my friends using. Yep. Because that, that's one of the reasons why Apple is so powerful is because we all know we love T talking to other people who have iPhones because of iMessage, that blue and that that blue and gray text messages. Yep. <laughs> but when we get a green message, I mean, it pisses me a off. Subtle, exactly. It's like <laughs> it's like, man, is my message not going through fast? You know, or it's just an I. I mean, it's just it's just a thing. Like people want to do what's cool. People want to do what their friends are doing. Peer pressure. So imagine peer pressure for something like currency, to where people don't know jack about the speed or the technology, but they know that their favorite friends use it, and they can spend money at their favorite stores very easily. That sounds like the future to me. Yeah, dude. Let's move on to some rapid fire questions. All right. Sound For good sure. You? Let's get it. All right, bro. What is the best and second best social media platform for branding? Um, Instagram. And then I'm really, really interested in YouTube as people are starting to put even more of a focus on conveying that cool lifestyle that you see in pictures, mm. but in a little bit more long form content. So Instagram and YouTube for sure. Interesting. I didn't think you were going to say YouTube for a second. Uh, best method for branding via written form? Um, your website and email. Absolutely. Website and email. 
Yeah, because your website is going to have your blog and then your email is just a way to continuously touch and convey your values um, as long as people will open your emails. So those are my two favorites. Um, And of course, uh, a close third would be any place you can write. So any blog hotspot that might be, for example, medium, things like that are huge for the written form, obviously. What is the most underutilized medium for branding? (sighs) This is tough. I'm going to go with Pinterest just because of, I don't think too many people are paying attention to it because they think it's just for teenage girls. But the fact that your post can live and get traction for years to come is super, super major, high ROI. And as time goes on, more and more people are going to be using Pinterest, including myself. Interesting. So I'm super, super pumped to keep on playing with Pinterest. I've seen some people do some awesome things with it. Yeah. Oh, also, in regards to the last question, I really like Quora. Quora is awesome. Why Quora? Because Quora, it reminds me of every other social network. It's like uh, Yahoo Answers for smart people. And I have met some super, super cool people off of Quora. And I've also read some of the most interesting and amazing things ever on Quora. And I've also seen people use Quora for seven-figure legion. So I definitely think there is, especially for B2B, there is a large amount of potential in Quora. One of the rapid-fire questions I didn't write down in here is, Mm -hmm. if a blockchain company who has restrictions via advertising on Facebook and Instagram, actual paid advertising. Mm -hmm. So they can still post on Instagram. They can't really do anything on Facebook except you can like and get into their community. Yeah. There's no disadvantage then, right? With all these extra platforms. There are so many, I guess this isn't a question. This is more of a statement. There are so many other avenues for branding. I feel like the community in the space is so stuck on, oh my goodness, we can't advertise on Facebook. Oh, we can't spend money on Instagram ads. But it just seems Mm -hmm. like there's so much out there that they could do. Yeah, of course. And I mean, it sucks that you can't spend money on ads. But at the end of the day, at least... You could be a part of the community, and I know it's tough to grow organically, but it's possible. But you can also use all of these other platforms, and as well as if you have a good product, a key is to leverage other people's audiences. So I'm not just talking, you know, like a quick post on an influencer page or uh, someone who's influential, but actually building a relationship with somebody who has a following and getting them to believe in your product and them also posting about your product will help you jumpstart and ignite your own following growing pretty organically. Derek on Twitter, Derek at work, asked if you had to wipe the slate clean and start from scratch in a new country where you didn't speak the language, how would you get started? And I want to modify his question. I apologize, Derek, but I I did want to give you a shout out. Um, But I'm (laughs) modifying that, bad daddy. (laughs) Yeah. To close this one out. There are freelancers, nine to fivers, entrepreneurs, and future blockchain company owners out there right now who want to break into the crypto space. And they have a skill set and they want to sell it and they just don't know how to break in. Based on everything that we've discussed, what can they do right now, today, to put themselves in the best position to get what they want? So first of all, having a product that actually works and is useful is the basis for every answer in this entire podcast we're doing. Amen. Because we all know what happens when you only focus on the marketing, you go out sad. So we don't want that. So the one thing you can do is to take the principles of brands that have been successful in the past. We can use Apple. We can use Disney. Think of anything, even uh, movement watches. 
Movement watches in particular took the concept of watches and made it cool. They made it useful. Disney took the concept of the um, excitement and adventure of their content, and they turned it into one of the greatest experiences in the world. Uh, I haven't been to Disney in as long as I can remember, but I most recently heard somebody say they care about their experience so much that when you're inside of a Disney park, you can't see anywhere outside of your park. So they put so much work into that experience. And obviously now it's one of the greatest experiences in the entire world. And then when it comes to Apple, what you can learn from Apple is you don't have to have the best product, but as long as it works and you can make it the cool thing, you don't have to have all of the fancy bells and whistles as your competitors if your consumers think you are cooler. And I think learning from those three brands right there is really, really good insight into how to market and get your working product into the hands of consumers or businesses, whoever you want. That would be the key. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. If there are people out there who want to learn the exact methods, the way you described them, if they want to, you know, they want to take what you said, they want to take, Mm -hmm. uh, they want to identify a a person, not people for their business. They want to, they want to solicit emotions and feelings and lifestyles, and they really want to double down on brand, not product. Uh, Where can they get a hold of you? So for sure, um, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Kobe Gatsby, Kobe like Bryant and um, Gatsby like the great Gatsby. And also I have an email list that I plug on both of those platforms where I just share my insights every day about how to make old things new and make boring things cool again and how to just market feelings and emotions to specific groups of people. So you can reach me for anything there. Um, whether that be a coaching call or consulting or just to chop it up and bounce ideas off of each other. That has to be my favorite thing about being online the same way how I met you and we became friends. It's just from speaking to each other, reaching out when we need something and just bouncing ideas off of each other is invaluable. So if anybody else wants to holler at me, have at it, man. Cool, man. Well, I really appreciate it, dude. Thanks for being on the show and uh, let's keep in touch. For sure, Paul. Let me know if you need anything. I'll talk to you guys later. Hope I can come back. Thanks everyone for listening. Please share this episode and subscribe to us. Follow me and the podcast on the socials on Twitter at Sup Aaron Paul and at ICO 101 podcast as well. If you want to be more of the formal connection, then look me up on uh, LinkedIn at Sup Aaron Paul. Don't forget to check out my friend Matthew Aaron on Crypto 101 podcast to further your crypto education. Until next time, peace.